have your copy of God's Word this morning, if you'll find your way to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter number 3, Daniel chapter number 3, very familiar chapter in God's Word as it deals with uh, three uh, Hebrew children, a prophecy, um, it's a book of prophecy of various uh, people that are um, involved in prophecy, it's an outline of the ages, the ages uh, that are perhaps even at our, in our present time, views of the uh, end time, as this is a uh, book that correlates along with the book of uh, Revelation. It talks about the triumphant entry and the cross and the destruction of Jerusalem, the Antichrist, the tribulation, the end time rulers. But not only a book of prophecy, but also it's a book of uh, people. Now we know the chief character being Daniel himself, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who we'll look at uh, this morning. Trials and triumphs of people uh, or men of faith. And these three individuals that we'll look at, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are three individuals of uh, great faith and tried by fire. That's a great image here. They were uh, told to bow or to to burn and they refused to bow and yet they also didn't burn. And so it's a it's a great um, it's a great scripture for us to look at. So just to give you a uh, backdrop here of Daniel chapter 3, we know that um, we'll be looking at verses 19 through about 27 or so, but uh, to bring you up to verse 19, we know that Nebuchadnezzar was a king at this time, and he had instructed the people to build this golden uh, image, and uh, and it was a massive uh, structure uh, that was built during this time, and and we know that he had sent out a decree or a law uh, that everyone should bow down to this thing, this image. Um, and if they didn't, then they would be put to death uh, in a fiery furnace. And so then we find where there were three uh, individuals, three Hebrew uh, individuals who came and they um, didn't bow uh, to this image. And they were not going to, uh, regardless of the threats that were coming at them. And that brings us up to verse uh, 19. Well, let's back up to verse 18. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, talking to Nebuchadnezzar, talking about how that they would not um, serve his God, but they was going to serve their God. And if they were... Um, serving their God, whether he would deliver them from the burning uh, fiery furnace or whether uh, they, he would not deliver them. Either way, notice in verse 18 it says, But if not, speaking of God not delivering them from this furnace, uh, let it be known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which you have uh, set up. In verse 19, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heat. 
And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their uh, hosen, and their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the fiery or the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and arose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto, unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth in the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was the hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. We'll read one more verse. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are for your powerfulness. Lord, for how much you love us God, so undeserving of that great love. Lord, we're thankful for Calvary this morning where mercy was crucified and where grace was extended. God, we're so thankful for the blood that washes all of our sins away. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, God, I pray that you would hide me behind that cross Lord, if these dear folk not see me, God, they would see you. Lord, speak to our heart. Perhaps there is one who is listening that is lost and undone without you. We pray that you would convict their heart. Lord, that they be saved before it's eternally too late. Likewise, for that one that maybe is backslidden this morning, Lord, that you would convict their heart that they return to you and repent. Father, for whatever you do this morning, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. There's a few things uh, this morning that I want us to see in these uh, passages. I want to go back to uh, verse number 12 in regards to these three Hebrew uh, boys that was uh, different. Uh, They were uh, a different kind. It says there in verse 12, And there uh, there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They have 
uh, they serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which you have uh, set up. And so we see here that these men uh, were different. Uh, they were very different, uh, aside from the other Jews of this um, area here in Babylon. They didn't regard uh, the king. Uh, they didn't regard his gods. They didn't regard uh, his, or had no regard towards the image, uh, this golden image that he had uh, set up. And it's interesting if you wanted to parallel that to our Lord. Our Lord was also different. Uh, being a Jew as well, but also he was different in that he was a righteous individual in a sinful world. He was light in a very dark planet. His teachings demanded a different lifestyle. And we are to be different as well, changed by the power of the gospel. You know, when someone accepts the fact uh, that they are sinners, that they are lost without Christ, that they are nothing apart from His saving grace, uh, uh, we become changed. We're new creatures. We know over in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul was writing uh, to the church at Corinth there in, in chapter uh, 6, and and he gives them a whole list about uh, verse 8, 9, uh, somewhere in, in that vicinity, a whole list of, of sin that these Corinthians uh, uh, were. And it talked to everything from murderers to, to adulterers to, to fornicators and uh, thieves. The list is, is quite extensive. But then he goes on and he says, but as such as some of you were, uh, meaning that there was a change, that that's not the same person uh, that they used to be. And likewise for Paul. We know Paul uh, was a notorious individual uh, in New Testament days, uh, went by the name of Saul before his conversion, and uh, probably one of the most hated men in his uh, region. Uh, again, one of those that you would go three miles out of the way to avoid, right? Uh, just to try to stay away from this man who persecuted Christians, but when Christ came into his life, how he was a changed individual and ended up becoming not a persecutor or a hater of Christians, but a lover of the church. One of the greatest missionaries that the early church age ever had. They were different. But notice in verse number 16, they were also daring. They were daring. Notice what it says in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Now, that's pretty strong words for a... Uh, a, a Jewish person to say to the king, right? Uh, you know, uh, we're not going to answer your questions, first of all, but we will say that our God that we serve will deliver us not only from this fiery furnace, but will also deliver us from you. They were daring. We are not careful to answer thee. Oh, the thrill of, of new Christianity 
taking new stands, risking uh, a position, job, and friends. You know, there will be those that, that come against you because you bear the name of Christ and this fresh zeal that one has in soul winning when they uh, accept Christ as their Savior and that fire burning within their own hearts. And then we become careful. We become so careful, we're so tactful that we never witness, that we become tolerant of sin, that we compromise with the world. We're so conservative that we make no advances for Christ. And then we wonder why things happen the way they're happening. And we wonder why these sinfulness, these sinful ways of life seem to have creeped its way into even our churches. It's because we don't have the stand that we used to have. We no longer stand for what is right because we're afraid we may offend someone. We're afraid that we may hurt feelings. We're afraid that, that someone uh, will no longer be our friend. We'll, we'll lose the popularity contest. I was talking with a friend of mine this week. We, uh, Any business probably knows this struggle, and if you... If you own a business or are in a manager position, you, you may understand this as well. Finding help these days is difficult. And um, we was talking about some employment stuff, and, and uh, he was talking about an individual that had come to him and, and was seeking employment. And long story short, um, the it didn't go so well, um, but it was because... They wanted to be more of a friend than an employee. And, you know, the thing is, you have to separate those things. You can't be, you're an employer or employee, and you can't be friends in that regard. And, and uh, because then things happen and feelings get hurt and, and people are offended and they expect things that maybe wouldn't be or favors. And what I'm getting at with this is that we, as Christians, have become a friend of the world. We tolerate things. Uh, John Wesley said one time, um, what one generation uh, tolerates, the next generation will accept. What one generation tolerates, the next generation will accept. Are we seeing that today? We've tolerated it for a while, right? And the new generation coming on has accepted it as a way of life. We're tolerant of sin. The walk of faith is a daring walk. We know that Paul experienced a lot of things in the, in the midst of his walk with Christ as his conversion. Uh, there was a lot of people that went to, to hate him. We know that he dealt with a lot of trials. He, he went uh, uh, in prison. He was shipwrecked. He had all of these other things that happened to him. But he stayed faithful to Christ. And then we see these three Hebrew children who are facing death itself. And not just any death, but a fiery death burning in this furnace. And I like the faith that they said in verse 17. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able. That's faith, is it not? 
facing death head on, God is able to deliver us. Not only from this furnace, but also from you. But then notice in verse 18, But if not, be it known that we will still not serve your God, nor worship the golden image that you set up. That, my friend, is faith. That is also not only being daring, but also dedicated. Verses 17 and 18, they were a very dedicated people to God. He is able to deliver us, but even if he does not, then we will still be true. You know, we pray for, a lot of times we have sickness and we pray for healing. And sometimes that healing doesn't come on this side of eternity. But nonetheless, healing does come. It just may not be the way that we wanted it. I stood at the bedside of an individual, one of my first my first pastorate, uh, very faithful, uh, dedicated to the church, uh, very prominent supporter of uh, of mine and my ministry and he and his wife and uh, as he got elderly in, in age and, and he was uh, slipping from this life he was in the hospital and I went to visit him and I stood at his bedside and and he had said he's preacher I probably will never go home and he said but you know it's all right he said either way I'm still a winner If I go home, I fought this, right? I survived. But even if I go home, I'm still a winner either way. I'm still a winner. And that's what I see as these Hebrew uh, boys here as they face this death. And they say, you know, if God deliver us, he is able to. And if he does, that's great. You'll understand the power of the God we serve. But even if he is not. Even if he doesn't deliver us, we're still going to be faithful. We're still going to be faithful, even not. You may be angry with God because he has not come through. He did not save your marriage or he did not heal your loved one or he did not rescue your your home from this foreclosure. Uh, these are just things I've heard down through the years of people blaming God for things. He has not yet provided work for you because things are tough. He's not saved your children. But notice their total commitment. Even if we're still going to be faithful. They were dedicated They're like Job said in Job chapter 13, verse 15. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. No, Job went through a lot, did he not? Lost everything, but was faithful to God. They're like Jesus in Gethsemane where he was praying there at the midnight hour and and as he was facing death on the cross and and yet Jesus said, Lord, our, our Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Verse 19, and I'll I'll try to wrap this up. Verse 19, Nebuchadnezzar got so angry, right? He said, it's full of fury. 
that he wanted that furnace heated up seven times hotter than it should be. And so, and I like the fact that it mentions in verse 20, where he commanded the most mighty men. Have you ever thought about that for a minute? Why would the king, why not just any soldier? Most any soldier, uh, you served, several here have served in the military, uh, whether law enforcement or, or, or what have you, you realize that you go through training, you go through academy and boot camp and all these things to build your strength, to break you down from, from where you think you are in life and, and make you into this, this idea of the government soldier. And it's intense. It's hard. You come out strong. Why not just any soldier, right? Why not just any normal, maybe low-rank individual to bind these people? Perhaps Nebuchadnezzar had that ounce of fear in the back of his mind. Maybe their God is real. So let's get the mightiest of men. Let's get those that do, uh, y'all probably don't know what this is, but let's get the one that does that Murphy training that, that really goes all in and is, is, you know, is built like a rock to bind these three individuals up. I don't want to take the chance of them getting loose, right? They've made me mad. Let's tie them. Let's get the mightiest of men. But isn't it something that even the mightiest of men fall notice that there in verse uh where was it verse 22 because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot the flame of the fire slew god was already showing this you're not going to win this battle right and and so it is uh, this flame was so hot when they opened the door you ever open the door of your oven when you're cooking and that heat just like wipes you out or if you get in a car when it's been 110 outside and you open the car door and that heat just comes out at you can you imagine Seven times hotter than it was supposed to be when they opened that door to throw these uh, Hebrews in there. That heat took them out. And it says that the three Hebrew children fell into this furnace. But in verses 25 through 27, we see that that dedication brought them deliverance and what a deliverance it was nebuchadnezzar thought that he was having problems seeing (laughs) he called all of his people together all the counselors all of his his lead men (laughs) and asked the question did we cast three into that fire of course, all of them are in agreement. Well, yeah, King, you know, we, we threw three or threw three men in there. And he says, Behold, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And even the king recognizes God. Behold, the fourth is like the Son of God. This king knew that he had messed up. 
that this God that these three was serving was a true God, and Jesus was walking in the midst of this fire with them. Can I say to you this morning that regardless of the circumstances that you're going through in life, that Christ is with you. No matter how hot things get, no matter how hard things get, no matter when it seems that there is no hope, that Christ is with you. Only the ropes were were burned off of them. Isn't that something? How that Jesus sets them free in the fire, and He also sets us free from the captivity that sin has in our life. The smell of fire was not on them. Not even the hair on their heads for sins. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something how this, this, this whole incident happens here and how God works out everything? Why was all of these things not burned? We can spiritualize this this morning and simply say they wasn't burned because they were already on fire. They were already on fire for God. Regardless of death itself, we're still going to serve you, uh, God. We're not going to serve this image. We're not going to serve you, King. We serve God. And God only. Verse 27. And the princes, governors, and captains, and kings, counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power nor the hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Verse 28, Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, and language should speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. What a powerful conversion story. Here we have a king who made an image, who, who spit no telling what, to have this golden image uh, built and erected and had all of these laws made to where everyone worships. And then a complete 360 when he's seen the power of God and he said, we don't serve the God and you will be cut off and your houses basically destroyed because there is no other. I'm going to close with this. In the midst of fire, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of trouble, what do we have? Same thing that these three had. They had God's word. They knew that God was able to do what God had promised them. They also had each other. Uh, they, these three stood together, and uh, they, they didn't waver on their faith. They also had faith in knowing that regardless of the circumstances, they're a winner either way. 
So this morning I say to you, perhaps you are facing hard times. Maybe you're facing some difficulties in your spiritual walk. Can I encourage you that you have God's word. You have Christ in your life. You have each other. And we can all lean on each other. And we can all pray for each other. But nonetheless, we need to know that no matter what we go through in this life, that Christ is with us. And he is able to deliver us, even from the fiery darts that Satan throws at us, he's able to deliver if we would just call upon him. We're going to extend a moment of invitation. Perhaps this morning you need to pray. Maybe it's for yourself. Maybe it's for someone else. Or maybe this morning you just need to thank the Lord for all that he has done. Lord, we could spend a lifetime discussing all the good things that God has done for us. But maybe this morning you just need to thank him for what he's done, for delivering us from sin. You know how thankful we are. So this is your opportunity to do business with God, whatever it may be. Uh, This is your chance to do so as we sing.